0: This is the University of Applied Research and Development's Emergency Response and Risk Management video and podcast. You'll meet world-class leading professionals who share their wisdom, careers, and experiences. Join us on YouTube and all quality podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, and Radio Public. Welcome everybody to the University of Applied Research and Development's Emergency Response and Risk Management videocast and podcast. I'm delighted to have Kate with us here right now from the Make It Happen Preparedness Service. So I'm going to hand over to Kate. Welcome Kate, please tell us what you do.
1: Thank you so much Craig, I'm delighted to be here. So I am the founder of Make It Happen Preparedness Services and my goal is Businesses with 10 or more employees secure their future through emergency preparedness. I help companies uh, prepare so that they are ready to survive emergencies and thrive after them. Uh, my background includes 12 years practicing law, 20 years in uh, working for what here we call nonprofits, I think most of you know as NGOs. Uh, in director of operations roles. So I was, um, I oversaw everything that touched on risk management like insurance, safety, facilities, IT, human resources, contract administration. And uh, when my nonprofit career ended, I uh, looked at what skills I had that I could offer the world and realized, you know, over the years, having lived through the Loma Prieta earthquake in 1989, the Oakland Hills fire in 1991, then on through uh, fires in Sonoma County, and now uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, you know, I've I've developed quite a skill set over the years, and uh, so I am I now offer that to uh, businesses on the west coast of the U.S. Uh, to help them be better prepared for what are obviously going to become more frequent and severe natural disasters, as well as uh, we've had some human created ones with our uh, public utilities here in California.
0: (laughs) You mentioned something just before the show. You mentioned inconceivable until it happened. Right.
1: Yeah. Here in Sonoma County, which is about an hour and a half north of uh, San Francisco, uh, we are a... uh, Fairly rural uh, country with a, our largest city has about 175,000 people. The county as a whole has uh, half a million people. Uh, and uh, in 2017, we had a fire that overnight destroyed 5% of the housing in our city. 44 people killed. Uh, wow. And then it continued on for two weeks, although most of the destruction is just what we woke up to that morning. Uh, a year later, we had the worst air quality in the world, worse than Beijing, from smoke from a fire that was a hundred miles away. The Paradise Fire burned so much and produced so much smoke that it drifted to where we are, and we had a two-week smoke emergency. Wow. The following year, we had uh, another big fire that. Uh, Uh, triggered the evacuation of 200,000 people and at the same time our public utility company, which had caused the earlier fires, decided that it was going to remedy the situation by just shutting off everyone's electricity and it did that to us four times within a few weeks. Uh, And It's just the kind of thing that people are like, you can't just shut off the electricity. (laughs) Yes, they can. And now we find ourselves in the midst of the uh, of the COVID crisis. Uh, We in Sonoma County are very fortunate that we have not been hit hard, but we have been completely shut down, like everyone else. So uh, it's we're definitely we're obviously in an era where preparing for the last disaster is not good enough. You need to prepare your teams to be ready for whatever fresh hell nature throws at us next.
0: Right. And so when you're working with companies in in your role with Make It Happen, when you're working with companies, what do you find are the key operational areas or people areas or resourcing areas that are, are consistently lacking to prepare for the inconceivable?
1: Right. So my target business, as I mentioned, is small to medium-sized businesses, 10 or more employees, up to maybe 200, 500, whatever size that, you know, once they start to have their own risk management department, they they don't need me quite as much. And I have just been shocked at the lack of awareness of just basic government safety requirements um, in small businesses, it's just astounding. Uh, Many don't have so much as an evacuation map, much less an emergency action plan. Uh, They don't know what training they're required to provide their employees. I've been shocked to find clients who were highly educated professionals who really cared about their employees, missing some of the most basic safety measures, such as exit doors with panic bars. A surprising number of companies have no fire alarms. They have a sprinkler system and think that should be sufficient, um, not understanding that the uh, the alarm in in fire uh, fire sprinklers don't go off until it's in in Celsius fifty nine degrees. And you know, if you wait till then for your <laughs> to alert your employees that you, they should be, they should leave, most have probably already died by then. <laughs> so um, what? What I find is most important and what I really emphasize is training employees in a system of emergency response, uh, such as the incident command system. I, what I train with is I I take basically have taken the ICS system, changed a few titles to make it a little less military sounding. You know, I talk about the response leader rather than the incident commander. Um, But otherwise, it's the ICS system, and I train people how to, okay, there are eight roles. This is the responsibility of each of the roles. You need to look at the people you have at hand, decide who's going to play each role, and then figure out what needs to be done in each of those roles. Um, I used to, well, I probably still will, uh, present that um, in in an in-person live training Uh, with um, manual tools because I was always assuming a scenario where uh, the power was out, the internet was down, uh, but everyone was sitting around a table and you would use post-it notes and a big whiteboard and markers and so forth to do your planning. Um, I had not until now anticipated a scenario where electricity is fine, the internet's fine, but no one can be in the same room. So now I've developed a couple of different, um, I've put together the idea of a Zoom meeting plus a Trello board to have this, allow the same kind of interactive role playing training that I used to do in person. Now I can do it um, remotely uh, and started doing that with some of my clients.
0: That's exciting. So you're having to innovate and do what you do, but in a different way, given the, the new physical requirements that we have, have with COVID-19. And so, have you found that businesses have been open to the new way of doing it?
1: I, I'm doing it right now with, uh, you yeah, know, it was interesting. Uh, one client, uh, a law firm where people are always very busy and tight with their time, uh, contacted me shortly after our shelter in place order began saying, hey, could we do this Online while all of us have not quite as much as usual to do because it's going to be very hard to schedule people once We're back all working in the office and that was the inspiration of both hmm, At first I thought no. No, this is too hands-on. It's too interactive. You have to do it in person but then I realized both There is a way to do this and we have to have a way to do this when we can't be in the same place. So it, it's, it's turned out to be, you know, both a necessity for continuing my business and uh, a new idea of an additional approach to uh, doing the ICS system when you're not all in the same place.
0: So you look at the infrastructure that should be there and find the gaps, and then you look at the roles and responsibilities for people to, take on those leadership roles and different roles for the ICS system. So is there anything else that you work with the businesses on to make sure they're prepared? Sure. Uh,
1: what I usually start with first is uh, what I call a safer spaces plan. Uh, like you, we're on the, the ring of fire. Uh, we're all in earthquake country. And uh, so for places, and you know, I think any place that has earthquake uh, it, it is prone to earthquakes. Uh, should go through and look at every single piece of the offices, the um, production facilities, whatever it is, and just look for everything in the place that could fall or go flying in an earthquake and think through what is the most effective and cost-efficient way to secure that so that you're reducing, uh, you know, the potential for injuries during the earthquake as well as reducing a lot of breakage and damage. Um, So that's the first thing I always do is uh, do a walkthrough of the entire premises and give the client a safer spaces plan, uh, recommending what changes could be made, referring them to professionals who can do the work and so forth. So, and then uh, I do um, uh, emergency action plans. As I mentioned, a lot of businesses don't know that they're required to have them. They do have them there, uh, you know, in, in the, middle of some big huge binder that they've put up on a high shelf that they don't think about again until it hits them in the head in the next earthquake. So uh, what I've developed is a is sample here is a very simple uh, flip book with each different kind of emergency listed out and for whatever it is you just flip to that page and get very simple clear instructions on what to do in the moment of the emergency to get to safety. Uh, my That's inspiration right. for that was the morning of our fires in uh, 2017 you know I woke up to the smell of smoke inside the house and uh, got up realized nothing was burning inside opened up the window and, and realized something enormous was going on you know hopped online to look at the news and realized that you know much of the city was on fire so what I found that morning under those circumstances was even though I do this for a living I felt like I was moving through mud I could not hold a thought. Every time, you know, my, my wife suggested something that we do, I completely lost track of what I was doing. Um, I couldn't, you know, they, they say that trauma does three things to the brain. It impacts your ability to remember, to focus, and to concentrate. And that's exactly what I found. I couldn't do any of those things. So during our time of, you know, to when, you know, all activity closed down for two, three weeks, uh, uh, during and after these fires. So I used that time just for our home use to develop a list of d- that just said do things in this order so that the next time I wouldn't have to think through it. I could just go to the list right, and it would tell me what to do. <laughs> so that, that's why I've become such a fan of emergency action plans. And then the final thing I do for clients is a, um, preparation plan that looks at uh all different aspects of preparedness including ensuring you have enough you know food water and other supplies on hand uh if the disaster means you have to uh that your employees aren't going to be able to get home uh, looking very closely at insurance policies to look at what kind of business interruption policy uh, you have uh, really <laughs> Uh, leaning on people to get earthquake policies because uh, California uh, I remember eight percent of businesses carry earthquake insurance um, it's wow. it's going to be a nightmare and it's it's not a, a an if thing here it's a when. Right. Uh, you know we've just been through in our with our 2017 fires we had quite a view of what under insurance looks like because many many homeowners were not insured to the present value of their homes. Uh, so trying to imagine what uninsurance at that scale will look like is, you know, California is the fifth largest economy in the com- in, in the world and it could well collapse without that, you know, you, either the state's gonna collapse or the insurance industry's gonna collapse one or the other. So that's, that's so some of the other services that I provide.
0: I think it 's really interesting, Kate. You have this personal experience, and then you develop this ready reference flip um, flip book for different emergencies, and what you do out of your own personal experience, which would be hugely valuable for any company who who is not thinking about the inconceivable to just grab it and do it so you 've had a number of different roles, so from your ex- past experiences, what other situations or experiences have have prepared you for the role that you have right now that inform what you do with companies?
1: Right. Well, my, uh, my first career was as an attorney and I was a young attorney in San Francisco in October of 89 when the Loma Prieta earthquake struck. And so I I had that live experience of a 6.9 earthquake, which I think if you haven't been through one, it's really hard to imagine how violent they are. And so that has really informed my ability to look around a room and see what could happen. I mean, I saw cars in a parking lot pitching back and forth, you know, a meter in in either direction. It it was quite amazing. And then I was involved in some of the uh, uh, legal work after that in terms of um, landlord and tenant uh, rights and responsibilities about getting buildings repaired and so forth. Two years later, I was working for the Oakland City Attorney's Office when the, uh, the Oakland Hills fire hit and destroyed 3,000 homes in the, in the hills of Oakland and came uh, very close to uh, burning down the, uh, the campus of the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, so that was, and, and then I was assigned to the team that represented the city of Oakland in the litigation that arose after the fire. So those are how I really got my grounding in emergency preparedness. And then uh, I worked for 20 years in um, what we here call nonprofits, you probably know as NGOs, uh, in director of operations positions where I was involved in everything that touched on um, uh, um, risk management, essentially. uh, HR, safety, insurance, IT, human resources. uh, I did a lot of work to get those organizations, which often serve the most vulnerable, um, pop, you know, people in a community, get them ready to survive, so that they can then serve those people.
0: Right. Is that cat ready for the emergency?
1: Uh, this cat does not like it when I pay attention to uh, beings other than hers, so I'm going to let her out of the room right now. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Kate, this has been really fascinating, hearing about your background and what's led you to what you're doing right now with companies and your innovations. Love that flip chart, I think that's that's great. so if someone is going to um, move into this industry, move into these types of roles, wants to help companies or organizations for profit or nonprofit be prepared for emergencies, what do you think would be a great a series of preparations for them in their career, trainings, experiences? What would you suggest?
1: Right. Well, I love what you've told me about uh, what the University of Applied Research and Development is doing, the idea of creating credentials for emergency preparedness and response in the private sector is very exciting to the extent there are programs, uh, academic programs in the U.S., they are almost exclusively focused on government emergency management. And I think serving as a... either having preparedness as uh, your business or serving in, you know, every company should have a chief preparedness officer. And uh, so serving in a risk management role uh, in uh, private industry, I think, is uh, a really overlooked career path. So I'm very glad to hear that you're uh, helping people develop some credentials for that. Thank you. Um, in terms of other types of things that will help build toward a career, uh you know uh, value even more is experience so the more uh you have worked in a particular industry or um in another industry developed experience in the very as- various aspects of risk management uh you know getting some in-depth exposure to uh insurance or um Uh, safety planning, um, design of facilities with safety in mind, uh, wherever you can. And I would imagine that there might be a lot of, um, sort of parallel moves in a career like this in order to get exposure to a lot of different aspects of the field so that you then become qualified for a position where you are overseeing the entire risk management or preparedness function. So...
0: That's that's really valuable for people to hear that because often we think we must move up, but actually moving across can give us those experiences that make us even more valuable to make a contribution. That's, thank you for that. That's really good wisdom. Kate, if people want to follow up with you, find out more about what you do, engage your services, what's the best way for them to get hold of you?
1: Uh, through my website is the best way, and that is makeithappenps, as in preparednessservices.com uh i and i would love to have you connect with me through linkedin as well my uh just the the spelling of my name is important for that my first name is spelled c-a-t-e and my last name is spelled s-t-e-a-n-e and i would be delighted if anyone wants to uh uh, you know send me a connection invitation and explain that you heard about me through this show
0: wonderful we'll make sure that your links are with um, this episode on YouTube and also through all the other podcasts that we do as well on Spotify and on our website. Thank you so much, Kate, for your time with us today. We really do appreciate you.
1: It's, it's been my great pleasure. Thank you.